0: You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: How's it going everyone? It's Chris from Optimal Performance. This is going to be episode 3. And in today's uh, episode, yeah, we've got Matt and Nathan back in with us again. And we're going to be going into nutritional strategies and different approaches that you can implement heading into the new year. Um, Looking into all things health and performance as usual. So yeah, um... We're going to basically start with a question that we received on episode 1, which was what our thoughts are on intermittent fasting. This is obviously a tool that can be used or a framework that can be used to look into uh, dropping scale weight and fat and also to improve health markers. So we're going to open the podcast with that and then we're going to go into other styles of diet and other styles of eating that some of us may have implemented uh, to basically give you information what we would like to touch on before we dive into the podcast is that none of this information that you are listening to is, is to replace medical advice. It's all stuff that we have implemented and tried ourselves. So it's more about opinions and uh, styles of dieting that we have used rather than to replace medical advice. So yeah, we're going to dive in and start the episode with um, our thoughts and experiences on intermittent fasting and also water fasting, which I you know some of us have implemented. And as I say, it's a a question we received on episode one. So we're going to dive in with Matt and talk about intermittent fasting to begin with, what it is and some of the benefits also. Yeah, so intermittent
0: fasting is basically you limit your time in the day of how much food you eat. So the common one is you eat for eight hours and then you fast for 16 hours. So it's like normally operated on a 12 8 personally the way that i do it um there is others out there there's 20 and 4 so you fast for 20 hours and eat for four hours and there'll be many other variations of that basically intermittent fasting is fasting within a 24 hour period it's not going over that 24 hours so the idea between behind fasting can mean many different things it can be for fat loss it can be for for stress it can be for anything like there's so many claims out there the way that i've always done it is to limit the calorie intake that i have um i personally know that i'm a snacker so i snack throughout the night at times um intermittent fasting allows me to limit myself and just say no i can't eat at this time so i can't snack so when i'm sat on my laptop and i'm just doing a little bit of work or something like that I'm not snacking while I'm doing it it's I'm not eating unhealthy foods then but then when I am eating when I do have my meals in the day I don't snack in between them because I I make sure that I have nutrition packed meals so I have three three meals and in each one of those meals I'll make sure that I hit my markers so that I'm not either overeating or undereating, because a key one is undereating. If you only eat in eight hours, but you, but you don't change the way you eat when you used to eat in twelve, you're not going to eat enough. You're not going to get enough nutrients in your body, yeah. <clears throat> and that will cause you to start snacking. Yeah. So you'll then start snacking in between your meals in those eight hours. I've known that through personal experience. Yeah. Um, when I eat three good meals, I don't snack at all, and that personally is the way that I go with me intermittent fasting uh, it works well with me, I'm not too strict with it, if I have to eat at 11 instead of 12 I'll eat at 11, even if it's 10 I'll just make sure that I have an 8 hour window Yeah. and then sometimes my fast will be a little bit longer, a little bit shorter but with intermittent fasting I think you can go too far into looking for like ketosis and stuff like that which is your burn and your fat cell, you change your energy source and burn your fat cells. I think in intermittent fasting, I don't think the time frame is long enough, um, and I don't see the increased benefits from it through intermittent fasting. Um, I just see it as a calorie reducer. Yeah. So I do reduce my snacking, and that that's pretty much it. I, I lead a healthier life and a more more active life, and I have more energy yeah. through not eating like processed snacks
1: yeah well it, it's a big one isn't it in terms of the accessibility to poor food choices nowadays it's very easy to just buy garbage out of a garage on the, on the run or whatever and the stuff you're alluding to in terms of like you have more sustained energy and you feel you feel better basically is where you're regulating your blood sugar so if you if you're constantly eating sugar your blood sugar spikes and then it plummets again when it plummets the first thing you're going to reach for is more sugar to give you that like sort of next jump where you can sort of regulate, as you yeah. say, and you use that framework. And the key thing is for you, what you're mentioning there is that the framework is adaptable. So if you need to pull it earlier and you need to eat at 11 or 10, you're still giving yourself a framework to work off, but it's adaptable, which is the key thing. And obviously some of the stuff you're mentioning there is obviously like to, basically to control like your body composition. So like you're not overeating, and you're not making poor snack choices, which is obviously from a health standpoint, but adopting that framework into your lifestyle is also going to allow you to keep like your body weight and your your scale weight at a at a favourable position, yes. and not jump too high or low. So as you're touching on, it's a really good tool. It's a, a really good framework, and the key thing is for everybody listening is if you are going to impl, uh, implement intermittent fasting, uh, the framework is adaptable based on your lifestyle. So it gives people a framework to work off. Um and allows them to interchange it based on what their lifestyle uh, is, is giving them at the at the current minute based on work, based on activity levels uh, it's something I have used in the past definitely uh, I have used it from a standpoint of also reducing calories so I used it in the lead up to a holiday where I was looking to drop body fat improve body composition and it's a tool what really works when you when you stick to it I think I used to get like one little bout of hunger in the morning I'd have a big bottle of water and then by 12 o'clock, I'd usually find that I was ready for food, but I weren't desperate for food, whereas usually if you'd have, like, simple sugars early of the morning, an hour to two hours later, you're ready for food again, and then you're just ploughing in. That's where you can get your blood sugar spiking up and down all day, where I think if, if, you, if you do implement fasting, I think I used to feel like a bit of a steadier stream of energy um i used to feel really focused as well to be honest with with it within early in the morning so if i had a lot of laptop work to do as you're mentioning i used to feel quite focused on on what i was doing by not plowing food in and it comes back to that um health versus performance stuff again so if you're looking to drop body fat really good tool if you're lifting weights early of the morning and you might need to refuel or you might need to fuel beforehand it might not be the best thing but it comes down to whether it's adaptable and whether it can can be implemented into your lifestyle again so yeah really interesting topic the intermittent fasting one that you can go um all ways with based on what what you need Yeah,
2: yeah just to uh, touch on the go back to the ketosis sort of thing yeah Um, got uh, some research papers here we've got together for you guys which will be made available if you're interested in reading further but um that's been a big buzzword lately isn't it the ketogenic diet uh, ketosis and all that kind yeah. of stuff but um, you can see here now uh, looking at someone's bloods that um, your glycogen stores actually um, don't deplete until uh, between 24 and 36 hours so in terms of ketosis you're going to be looking at fasting for up to 72 hours plus so um, in, in terms of like implementing intermittent fasting for ketosis unless you're eating a Uh, that sort of diet high fat diet um it's again like you've saying before it's not going to be that beneficial
0: that's it isn't it so like your 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 level of ketosis does start raising after like 12 hours but it's minimal yeah it's until until as you said it's going to take two days three days before you get it to a level where you can go right okay i am benefiting from this this stage of ketosis so your your glycogen stores are still going to be taken over in the first day, even your two days. It's going to be the third day, if not more that that's when it's going to be beneficial really isn't it?
2: Yeah, and that's where we see a, a drop in scale weight as well. People think they you know they fast for I might say twenty four hours and they'll um, see a massive drop in scale weight. but what people don't realize is for every gram of uh, glycogen your body stores it's your body also stores three to four grams of water. So in the initial twenty-four to thirty-six hours, you're not you're not dropping body fat; you're dropping glycogen stores. Yeah. So you will see a massive reduction in scale weight, but that's not to say you've dropped four kilos of body fat. You've dropped four kilos of stored energy, and we can see that by looking at the what we're looking at now, the bloods and stuff. Yeah. I feel like if if
0: you're doing a fast to drop body weight, I th- you can do it, obviously, but I I just don't think that's a healthy tool. If you're looking at dropping body weight and you're doing like a full fast where you're doing two three days of no food I don't think that's a healthy tool to apply because you the only reason you're now dropping body weight is because you have not net so as soon as you go back to eating you're just gonna put that weight back exactly. yeah
2: that's why yeah, a lot of like combat athletes you know Chris has worked with some in the past use it as a strategy they pull carbohydrates yeah so they can drop scale weight and then yeah. when they refeed Obviously, the yes. body weight goes back up. That's why, obviously, when fighters so come when into it the living, good. So yeah, well, you can manipulate, yeah. yeah, for for combat athletes, it's definitely a tool that you yeah. could use for that sort of thing.
0: But in a health standpoint, it's obviously not. But obviously, ideal.
2: the body, prefer, your body's source of preferred energy is carbohydrates Yeah. So if you're constantly pulling that away from yourself, like on the performance perspective, you're going to limit yourself. Yeah. Depending on obviously the duration and the intensity of your of the exercise that you're doing. So if you're going for a zone two run maybe you could do that faster, no problem but if you're going for like something high intensity you obviously want to be fueling on some carbohydrates yeah you want to be fueled up don't you that's it, yep.
1: you don't want and to be that, running on empty and that's where it comes back to what we were saying at the start in terms of like if you are lifting weights of a morning and your priority that day is to perform and you're looking to improve strength might not be the best tool if you're looking to implement it from a fat loss perspective and you need to pull total calories down There's other ways you can pull total calories down, but fasting might fit your lifestyle and your framework the best. So it's always about using that framework within what you need. And as we touched on in the first podcast, what your goals are. So if your out and out goal this January and beyond is to just drop body fat and you want to hit a magic number on a scale, intermittent fasting might be a really beneficial tool and it might help you get there. Once you get there, are you still willing to implement fasting to stay there? Yeah. That's going to be successful. If you're not and you come away from it and you lose five kilos and then you put them back on, do you turn back to fasting again? So, like, it's it's about a way of life, isn't it, with nutritional choices and styles of eating. Um, if your goal is fat loss or weight loss, it's only successful if it stays off. So, like, you, you've got to find the, uh, the framework that you can stick to for the long term. And then that crosses over into the performance stuff. So, if you're looking to hit a specific... Uh, scale weight because you're, a, you're in a weight governed sport like an athlete Yeah, you might have that time frame where you implement it and then that's your tool to hit that specific weight whereas if you're a, a gem pop or like a, an average sort of client who just wants to train and lose weight, intermittent fasting might be perfect but it's understanding that you can apply it forever if the thing that you're doing or you're going to do in the first week of January if you ask yourself right could I still be doing this in a year's time you're going to lose weight and you're going to maintain that weight loss whereas if it's a three day you're drinking three juices a day and you say to yourself could i still see myself doing that in a year's time most people are going to say no is it sustainable so it's got a fat loss has got to be a little bit more long term in terms of sustaining what you achieve rather than looking to plummet the scales as quick as you can in january and then when you get back to real life did he go back up Probably so, it's uh, you've got to find that framework and then tools that you need based on your goals uh, and whether it's sustainable, which yeah. is a massive one,
0: yeah. So, and that's where it changes as well when you said about performing athletes. So, like you've got your professional boxers and stuff like that, they are looking at just dropping, yeah, the body fat. So, th- that's where what we're talking yeah. about doesn't really apply to those people because we're looking at it from a health point and performing as a daily thing, but yeah. They will do it. It's not healthy what they do. When you're dropping weight like that to, to make weight for a fight, it's not healthy, yeah. but they do it because that's the sport and that's what they need to do. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a good tool for them, but it's not a good tool for just going, right, January, I want to drop this weight yeah. and then I'm not bothered then for February. Yeah. I'll, I'll binge out again in February. It's yeah. like so what we so.
2: were saying there though about the glycogen storage. If um, you're doing it just to drop weight the first week, as soon as you implement some sort of normal diet, yeah. your glycogen stores are going to go back up. Doesn't mean yeah. might look different on the scale, but it's not. You've not put four kilos of fat back on. You just you just stored your energy levels yeah. back up again. Just replenish your stores. But like we yeah. were talking about the performance side um, and how you know, like flexible flexible it can be and fast. And there's nothing to say you might start your day with an eight-hour eating window and then fast for sixteen hours. So if you train early in the morning, you might might be more beneficial for someone to have the eating window around the training. Yeah. And then fast for the rest of the day. It might be a bit tougher because obviously you're spending time with other people eating throughout the day so yeah temptation's always there but there's there's nothing stopping from someone implementing it that way it's the yeah. like
1: the lifestyle argument again isn't yeah. it how, how it fits in based on what you're doing and what your goals are which is a massive one so yeah intermittent and fasting in my opinion really beneficial framework and tool once again um if it's something that you're going to adopt the, the question is is it repeatable could you see yourself doing it long term and then make it align with what you're actually trying to achieve for yeah. performance in my opinion probably not the best thing on the planet because performance usually doesn't happen in a deficit yeah that's the truth um from a from a body composition standpoint and a health standpoint in terms of stuff like digestion and all the other stuff that we we can touch on with it uh, it's a really really beneficial tool in my opinion um as i say it always comes back to whether the person can implement it for the long term whether it's a, a tool that can be repeatable and used yeah. so um yeah, it's yeah a, it's so a good touch point
0: we touched on prolonged fasting just before with the ketosis and the glycogen stores so the other, the other question was was water a like complete water based fasts so a complete water based fast isn't isn't sticking to a 24 hour window of eating within that it's then going to two days three days four days five days as we've just spoke about you'd only really go into a stage of ketosis that's beneficial after two three days um if, if you're doing it for a fat loss point of view i'd say steer clear because you're doing it for the wrong reasons because as, as nathan touched on then you're you're going to drop weight, but you're going to drop your glycogen stores. And then as soon as you start eating again, after the fast, you're going to just put them straight back on. Yeah. Um, but when you're looking at different types of benefits from it, so you've got the cell regeneration, cell regeneration, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can you can go down. It removes damaged cells and stuff like that when you go into a certain stage of your fasting. So I know that you've you've looked into that a little bit, haven't you, Nathan?
2: More to do with the like health-related outcomes from yeah. the fasting. So obviously, like blood pressure, yeah, uh, like metabolic sort of stuff adaptations that you get from fasting. But the um, obviously you can you can achieve them through that sort of fasting. But at the same time, it more, mostly comes down to actual body composition. So the correlation between fasting and um, health-related outcomes is more to do with the amount of like how active you are and how much fat you've got on your body. So if you if it basically it comes down to how much just restricting calories in general. So just to, to lose fat and to be more active and the outcomes are pretty much the same. So it's not a superior strategy to let's just say a normal calorie deficit, where you just dropping a bit of weight, increasing activity maybe. So it's just like we were saying before it's just another tool to use so if yeah. if you like to do it that way then and you then you do it that way but um it's not superior to any other sort of strategy but yeah. then but
0: you do go into you you've got your or auto, autophagy, autophagy autophagy which is the cell generation and the cell clear, clear and out of damaged cells so obviously you that's not gonna happen
2: without a well, fast really. If I'm being honest, I don't really know much too much yeah. about that, so I wouldn't really aim um, but the claims are into it, yeah. I'd have to do a after, bit more research for that.
0: After so many days of fasting then you go into you you going to cell regeneration, which it clears out bad cells and repairs damaged cells. Yeah. So if people are looking at doing that for as you said, for like um blood pressure and t- the diabetes, stuff like that, people go into it for the reason of right okay i need to now try and stop myself from developing these things so i know um there's there's loads of like shows on there about like fasting and stuff like that but one that probably people have been watching lately is limitless with um chris hemsworth now i've just before this podcast i watched the fasting one with him um his idea was is to prolong his health and life um the reasons for it was for the autophagy oh never say that autophagy (laughs) um so everything that you put into your body that's negative which everyone does so we put like processed foods in like none of us can sit here and say that we don't Uh, is damaging the body all these processed foods are damaging the body now the idea behind it and they on the show, they claim that it's literally just... Idea. It's not facts. It's not... But they think that when you go into a stage of autophagy, you then start to clear out those damaged cells, which then prevents you from being more perceptible to diabetes, dementia, stuff like that. So that's the other side of it. It's not so much a body composition side. It's not body fat loss. You're now looking at potentially... Increasing your lifespan, and I think that that's what the whole series is, is about with that. With Chris Hemsworth, Limitless, is prolonging his life and making so that he's a healthier person for as
1: long as he can be. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one. It, it comes back down to what we said like, health should be at the, the forefront of everybody's mind. This time of year, now people are just going to be like, Deficit culture, right? I need to drop body fat, but being in a deficit forever is not healthy. So you've got to find the balance, haven't you, of like where, where your sweet spot is and where your baseline is. There's, there's plenty of different ways to, to skin a cat, and it's fine. And what one fits you from a health standpoint, it's massive. So as I say, that should be the, the forefront of everybody's mind. Most things people do at this time of year now are probably not going to be the healthiest. It's going to be very restrictive, then you can go round the bend and go into the mental side or the emotional side of eating and that type of thing. But like the the actual premise of intermittent fasting now kinda goes back to hundreds and thousands of years ago where yep. humans would have had extended periods of not eating. Yeah. As you're touching on there in terms of like processed foods and stuff now. Foods that accessible. Nobody has to worry about it. So like this is a new way of fasting what people are now adopting. In terms of giving people frameworks, now hundreds of thousands of years ago, it wouldn't have been a magic thing where after sixteen hours pass, you then eat. Yeah. People, human beings would have had extended periods of of not eating, and then they're basically trying to catch and kill the food and then and cook it yeah. that way. Nowadays, food's that accessible and it's that easy to just pick up garbage. Um This is a framework where people are trying to come away from. that. will you improve body composition? you will if you're in that total calorie deficit but as as nathan touched on it's not superior to any other deficit yeah now from a health standpoint if you've got issues like bloating ibs blah 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 that's where for me it comes into its own in terms of like really fine tuning how your body functions and how it works ultimately in terms of um long-term change again as we touched on earlier
0: that's it and it's personal as well isn't it as we said with everything that we do It's personal. So some people will benefit massively from it. Some people might not benefit at all from it. Yeah. People like, again, if you're not if your head's not in it, then are you gonna benefit from it? Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is it's all about as you said with the the people years ago, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of years ago, just fighting for the food, literally like not having food for days that was on the show as well it's quite it's quite uh interesting that's what you touched on and that's basically the premise of what they were doing on the show is like right okay we're going to take it back to when you used to have to hunt for your food and that's where you will feel it so it wasn't so much like oh i'm just doing 16 hours and then i'll eat again for eight i'll do 16 hours the idea was right we're going to follow what people used to do years ago and you're going to hunt for your food you're
1: going to do this that new there yeah and you can see the levels spiking and moving yeah um well it, it's a, it's an interesting a lot of the research around fastings on like obesity and stuff isn't it yeah. and like a lot of a lot of people use it to reduce obesity now we know obesity is rising across across the globe like people are people are heavier carry more body fat so this this could be the tool what gets used. You know what you are going to improve health markers by dropping scale weight if you're obese. Yeah. But at at a certain rate, that tool will you'll hit a a block where like you sort of stick, and then it's whether you're going to implement a faster stick at that level. Yeah. Or do you need more weight loss, or do you need to reduce markers more? It comes back to. To, to what you can do long term always doesn't it in terms yeah. of the fasting <clears throat> and then it's that health versus performance uh, argument again both of them do feed hand in hand so there if you drop scale weight and you're obese your markers are probably going to improve as well in terms of blood pressure and that type of thing but at any rate with any diet you're going to hit a sticking point now yeah. you can't diet forever you can't be in a deficit forever so you've got to find a happy medium and use these tools to apply for the long term to uh, to see long term change slash uh, maintenance with what what you're trying to achieve.
0: Definitely, yeah. So, uh, like, on touching on diet, and now we'll move on from the fasting side of things. Um, I feel like we've addressed the question and we've answered it to our best. Yeah. Knowledge. Uh, obviously, we none of us are researchers or professors in fasting, so yeah. it's never going to be that
2: just to finish up on the fasting just want to touch on a paper I found here so as we know meta-analysis is the highest level of research and we've got a paper here that looked at 11 meta-analysis to see what the the, the, um, the outcomes were for, for fasting and just a bit of a spiel but uh, basically intermittent fasting demonstrated beneficial outcomes for body mass index body weight fat mass low density lipoprotein which is your bad cholesterol total cholesterol triglycerides fasting glucose plasma fasting insulin insulin resistance blood pressure intermittent fasting was found to reduce fat-free mass but all of these outcomes weren't superior to any regular diet so again it comes down to calories in calories out and how much you're actually moving but like we've said it's a great tool to use so if you if you find that's best for you then so that oh, was based on
0: intermittent fasting.
2: Intermittent fasting that no, is yeah. okay yeah. As you can see with that yeah.
1: you're getting health markers improving. Yeah. You're getting composition in terms of fat free mass and all the rest of it. So you're getting both. Yeah. I mean there's a lot there's a lot,
2: there that, there's a lot of benefits there well, to practicing it. Practice, it?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah and that's it. It's it's not like people could miss missing that and go see it it's no good because it's no, it's no better than anything else. It's but just a
2: tool. It's
0: it, it's giving you the the tool to Achieve all those health markers that you've just exactly. that, that something if that's something you've just done that, then.
2: then 100% is worth doing, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. if that's go. what you use, so if and it works it for can you, stick to, if it works, tool,
0: yeah, that's what you go yeah. for it because it, it's gonna improve your health. There's yeah. no real negative if you do it right and you're doing exactly. it smart. So, I think with anything that we're going to talk about today, you have to have smart choices. So, if you if you do intermittent fasting and just go to Mackey's for every meal that's not a smart choice yeah. you are operating an intermittent fasting lifestyle but it's not a smart choice and you're not going to have those health benefits that you're talking about yeah. so I think anything that we talk about you've got to operate with a smart choice yeah.
2: but on the flip side now we can discuss how this can still be achieved through other means or other ways other yeah. tools yeah, yeah definitely.
1: definitely so yeah it, it comes into styles of eating we, we know what we're going to see on socials and stuff yeah. at this time of year now. We're going to see keto, yeah. juice detox, cleansers, um, calorie tracking. Veganuary. Veganuary, massive one. Atkins. Um, Atkins diet, weight watchers. All of them are yeah. based around a deficit and it's how you implement yeah. that deficit into your lifestyle, which is key. Um, So yeah, I was going to touch on tracking calories. What What are your thoughts on it first yeah, and So foremost?
2: Um, it's something I've... I don't always do it. I I did it long enough now to um, I can I can eyeball my portions and I can kind of guess how much I'm eating throughout the day. But um, in my opinion, I think um everyone should do it for at least a minimum of two weeks, just so you learn about um how much you're actually eating, what a portion looks like. Um, you'd be surprised. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever actually weighed out a portion of cereal, thirty grams, forty grams tiny so you're probably eating three or four times the amount that that you're supposed to eat sort of thing so um i think that's another great tool and some people think it's a bit obsessive and it can be and it kind of burns your head out sometimes think i can't be asked weigh me rice but if you give it two weeks a month you'll get to a point where you can you just understand a bit more and you know how much that you're eating yeah
1: definitely yeah really good again it comes down to these tools we keep mentioning the word tools but it's it's having the tools in your skill set isn't it and using them as and when you you see fit for most of my clients i do get them to calorie track initially as nathan said first and foremost so we can see their response on the scales to what they're putting in and then the the key one is to so they understand what they are putting in as well and they can start to um to see in versus out if we're looking at weight loss or governing scale weight for a a, a a combat athlete, um, before My Fitness Pal come out, it's it's still fairly fairly new. Yeah. In terms of like an app and like having that accessibility, like if you go back, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 years. I don't think it existed. Like I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I don't think that 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 well, tool was available
0: thirty years ago. I don't think iPhones existed. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. And think about how accessible like the technology is now yeah. to just be able to just scan what you want and oh, I'm gonna scan my serial or whatever. It's a really beneficial tool but what did people do before that was a tool did the eyeball did they look at portion control did they just guess like it's it's always about finding them tools what you need so i've i've done it in the past massively and it's really helped i've just said right i'm going to stick to a specific amount of calories i'm not going to go over that and i'm going to drop body fat and scale weight and then you can go into macronutrients in terms of specific amounts of carbs fats and protein within the number you can do just calories and protein. So I prescribe this differently for the clients I work with and myself. But it's something I've actually come away from within the last year. So last year, when it got to this time last year, I said to myself, I'm not going to track calories for a full year because I've become bored with it and too yeah. obsessive as Nathan touched on. And everything I've ate this year uh, from from January up until this moment now, I have eyeballed and I've ate it because I you can sell as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah, I probably need to drop a little bit of body fat myself. This Open might all. be a tool that I use coming coming into January now is to track to make sure that I'm not eating in a surplus, would I stick to it forever? No. But to get the to get the percentages and the momentum going in the right direction, I might. I might use intermittent fasting within that deficit and still track. Yeah. Um and it's always about finding your sweet spot. So it's a really beneficial tool, again. Uh, calorie tracking, it's not something I would recommend everybody do forever because you but, can get too I think it's periodic
0: isn't it If yeah. you, if you, what you're saying, you've done it for a year or so, you, you track for a long time and then you have a full year off Yeah. now if you track again in January, then what you can do with that is you can then go right, okay how far off am I, Yeah. so when you started you might have been eating double what you should have been eating, now you might only be eating 10% more So now, every time you do a periodic track, you will be able to narrow that down and keep narrowing it down. And then eventually you'll go and bang on the money every time now. Yeah. So then you don't have to track anymore. Yeah. So just implementing a two-week track once a year could actually
1: benefit you. Could pull you into a favourable position,
0: yeah. Yeah, and it stops you having to track all the time as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the other, the other styles are obviously visual, aren't they, in terms of, like, tracking calories. You can obviously, the Precision Nutrition Certification is massive on, like, portion control, um, visual. So, like, a thumb is a portion of fat, a cupped hand is going to be your carbohydrate portion, uh, and then a closed fist is going to be your protein serving, and obviously how many of them servings the, uh, varies whether you're a man or a woman. Yeah. Whether you've got a sedentary lifestyle or you're a, an athlete. So like how much of that portion size you have varies based on in versus out. So if you sit at a desk all day, you're probably not going to need as many fists or as many cupped hands. If you are an athlete, you're going to need more of X, Y, and Z. So it comes down to like a really nice visual way of doing it. Building a plate of food. Um, That's another really beneficial Um tool that you can prescribe to people and use yourself if you don't want to track but you still want to make sure that you're not overfeeding constantly in terms of building a plate of food you can use your yeah your, your hand as a as a portion control visual it's portable you can take <laughs> it anywhere um that could help somebody yeah. get into a calorie deficit if that's what they're looking for in terms of weight loss so yeah, that they're two really big yeah. styles of diet, and what I'd say are probably gonna save people better long term. If you start to get into the restrictive stuff, like I'm not gonna eat bread and sugar and sweets, everybody knows they're poor choices, roughly for for health. Yeah. But if you pull them out completely, how sustainable is that nutritional strategy gonna be? Probably not that sustainable. So like with with, with diets and strategies for eating and stuff if you could see yourself doing it in a year's time it's probably a good a good way to eat if you couldn't see yourself doing it in a year's time yeah you're probably not going to get long-term success with it so it, it comes down to again what your goals are what you need yeah. and what is sustainable and repeatable and consistently repeatable for the long term to get long-term sustainable results yeah yeah
0: so we've touched on tracking so let's just touch on the calorie deficit why is that important what is it basically just let's explain to the viewers what we mean by it
2: simply put it's just the reduction of calories it doesn't matter how you achieve that you can achieve that daily or weekly it depends how you look at your calories so let's yeah. keep the math simple say you're only supposed to eat 1000 calories a day i'm not recommending that to anyone so don't do that <laughs> just so i can keep me math simple uh, so that you've got 7000 calories a week Say you want to. We know that a pound of body fat is three thousand five hundred calories. So we might we need to find a way of say if you want to drop I don't a pound or half a pound. Say it's a pound again to keep the math simple. Yeah. We need to create a three thousand five hundred calorie deficit in that week. Yeah. So we achieve that by either knocking five hundred calories a day off. That's the the usual go to. Yeah. One that people do and that usually equates to around about a pound a week. But um, I like um just touching on the um, the eyeball inside the, you can like alternate calories so you can have a high calorie day low calorie day or chris introduced me to carb cycling yeah where you'll have like a high carb day to feel performance and then the days that you're not training you're recovering yeah you don't really need as much um carbohydrate because you're not moving as much so yeah there's all different ways of implementing it but it all comes down to calories in versus calories out. that's the magic yeah
1: Carb cycling is a really, really good one because you can get both. You can still fuel performance relatively on on a training day, like on a go day. As Nathan's touched on, you can go up and down with total calories based on your your input or your activity. You can go up and down with macronutrients within that total calorie sort of split that you're using um so that goes into nutrient time and strategies which could be a little bit complex for some people yeah and then you gotta you gotta think whether people are ready for it so as nathan said if you're in a total calorie deficit and your goal is to drop body fat you're going to drop body fat and lose scale weight now if you're an athlete or you're still looking to improve performance in the gym something like carbohydrate cycling or nutrient timing might be more important so yeah. you could have a go day where you're lifting heavy and you're running that's going to be a high carbohydrate day where you're trying to fuel training performance and replenish glycogen like we were touching on earlier with the fast and stuff and then you could have a complete rest day where you would pull carbohydrates down because there's no need to fuel and you might increase fats for hormone regulation and total calories so they're not coming too low and then ideally what happens is your protein stays at a constant all week so you're constantly regenerating so yeah, like nutrient timing's a big one as well. That touches more on the performance side of things, but you still can use nutrient timing to improve body composition and health markers as well. So that's a um a really interesting topic to dive into. Yeah. Um, that's when we're working with athletes and yeah. and gym pop as well, it works for both. Yeah. yeah, it's but it's obviously a more advanced
0: form of yeah. Under you get that
2: nice bit of a metabolic flexibility yeah. as well, like yeah. changing energy systems from. Yeah obviously oxidising glucose to oxidising fat from day to day, so it's a nice way to mix things up.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, So let's actually go into some of the diets that people may may think about starting in January. Um, So the big one at the minute, the one that is actually pushed quite a bit, which is a little bit wild, but is Veganuary. Yeah. So the idea behind Veganuary is... They want a world, a vegan world. That's it. So, reading reading their thing here is Veganuary is a non profit organisation that encourages people worldwide to try vegan for January and beyond. And the campaign is trying to get the world to be vegan.
2: So bit of propaganda. Yeah, it, it,
0: it's uh, it's not lo- it, it's not trying to help you at all. Like the, the nothing in what they've just said then is is looking at your benefits, either weight loss or health benefits and stuff like that. Nothing is talking towards that. Um yeah. usually when people go from a meat eating diet to a vegan diet is they're not very informed, not well informed on how to do a healthy So, to have a vegan diet, you have to think about it a lot. It's not an easy thing to do. And then even then, you've still got to supplement quite a bit just to make
1: it, well, just to make sure that you're hitting the right vitamins and minerals in your body. But we have seen this massively, didn't we, years ago with like the Netflix documentaries and stuff, and the amount of people I see who went vegan off the bat. What the health? I think it was called. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. So he's done it. I definitely didn't do it, I but did. I know a lot of people who, who crossed over into a vegan yeah. diet off the back of watching it's the. Kind the of scaremonger sort of thing, but, it, but I wasn't like it, that educated up to that point, so I was yeah. just like, oh my god. Yeah, well yeah, that's because it. you just think it's gospel when you yeah. when you listen to the documentary, yeah. and then it's like. So you I get, are, you, are you ready to implement it into your lifestyle now most people I know who crossed over into that vegan diet off the back of it maybe lasted three to four weeks and then they were back to eating normal again mm-hmm. so like it comes down to habit development again and stuff that type of thing like your, your habits you'd always fall back I know some people who eat the same thing every single day oh, yeah. I have a bowl of granola for me breakfast and I have x y and z and it's like you're always going to fall back to your normal Yeah. so you've always got to think what, what you're doing it for as you say the vegan you're it's a, as you said, it's a bit of propaganda. It's just to push that style. It's not to improve health or not to yeah. improve markers or not to improve performance or body composition. It's just to to push more people into that way of eating. I I know most people who cross over into that way of eating. They don't stick to it.
0: No. So what, they, what they're doing here is within the very first spiel that they put out on their about page... It's telling you that it's a business yeah. it's, a, it's a non-profit business But it's still a business It's yeah. not looking out for your best interest Yeah. Um, it's very strict Literally you, you, you go vegan extreme, From nothing Massively. So basically you eat All your dairy products You eat all your meat products Your fish products now you're eating none of it at all. Yeah, it's a massive shock to your system, and it's a massive shock to your brain as well because you you've now got to think of ways to fill those meals. Yeah. So you used to have fish with your meals. You used to have meat with your meals, or eggs. Yeah. You've got to now fill that with a healthy, sustainable vegetable, or, legume or,
2: grains or something yeah. like that. Then this is where education is very really important. If you are, you can be healthy, doing. Yeah, uh, being a vegan but you need to know what you're doing there's a lot of false information out there like people say oh there's more protein in broccoli or just as, as much yeah. as in uh, 100 grams of steak yeah the first problem is you get 100 grams of steak you need about 4 kilograms of broccoli which no one's going to eat yeah and secondly vegetable protein is inferior to animal protein yeah definitely. so not to bore anyone too much with the science but meat or animal protein is a complete protein it contains all essential amino acids that the body needs. Vegetable protein does not. So you have to pair foods together. And those that are educated will know what foods to pair together to make sure they're getting the right amount. But uh, a yeah. lot of them don't. So you just jump across. You think, oh, I'm, I'm healthy because I'm eating a jacket potato and a fork. Four tons of instead broccoli. of meat yeah and yeah, then yeah.
1: it's you you're losing your essential aminos and then it's what you want yeah. again then so if you're looking to build tissue you get
2: that you become that skinny fat then don't you yeah,
1: yeah. that's it so you're probably going to lose scale weight if you if you're a non-vegan and then you jump into veganuary you're probably going to lose scale weight but then when you go back to your normal style of eating after january's yeah. finished what do you do then it's,
0: it's yo-yoing isn't it yeah. and that's it it's like the old saying of yo-yo diets <clears throat> this is another one. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. People live a healthy vegan lifestyle. They supplement it. They're very, very informed. Informed on the, as you said, the proteins and stuff like that. Like you can't, like broccoli is nowhere near as bioavailable as beef protein. As you said, it's a full protein. It's everything you need in a protein to use it. Whereas broccoli, you can have as much. You can have the same amount of protein. As you said, you can eat four kilograms of broccoli if you wanted to, but you still can't use it.
2: You can still only use it. You can still use it, but it's incomplete. So it's not going to do the job it's supposed to. Yeah, exactly. So The way I look at it is, I look at a diet. And funnily enough, if I have a paper on it, you wouldn't believe, would you? (laughs) Um, But basically, it looks at all all the diets. And every single diet, uh, so like pescatarian, vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, they all have a deficiency in. The only diet that doesn't, is a balanced diet because it includes everything, yep. so that just tells me that is what you're supposed to eat,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: um, I'm not saying you can't achieve that if for ethical issues people yeah, don't want to eat meat, fine, yeah,
0: yeah but they need to supplement that's exactly thing. like vegans need to supplement. And B12 is like, a big one, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so you've got quite a few to be fair. Like on this site, it does actually give you some nutritional tips and what you're going to be, um in so vitamin B, D, vitamin uh, so just, just a red flag to me, And uh, well, that's it. If if you're having to, like, label this diet as right, okay, it's not complete. So we want you to do this diet, but we're not giving you everything you need to live a healthy life. So the so the diet's not healthy.
2: But I feel like if people fall into the trap of thinking oh, I'm eating vegan, it's super healthy. But have you ever read the packet? On the back of it, like some fake burgers, like vegan burgers, yeah, what's in and, Full of yeah. shite. Yeah. So yeah. people think, oh, it's vegan, it's healthy for me, but it's probably more processed than just buying a yeah. bird's eye chicken burger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all the ones is
0: iron, omega three and six, iodine, B twelve, vitamin
1: D. Yeah. Some of th- some of these are essential for like function, yeah.
0: massively essential. So
1: like you, what you do then? Do you do you replace what you don't eat? Most people do that on normal diets as well nowadays because nobody's nutrition's bang on the money. But as close as you can get to a full profile of everything is going to be the best diet. And then it comes back into that argument of health versus composition or performance then, doesn't it? It's like, if you're vegan and you're deficient in all these X, Y, and Z, do you feel good? Maybe not. You might tell yourself you feel good or this is healthier for me. Because I'm doing a good thing. Yeah. yeah and then it comes into the emotional side of eating and where like you are you are eating for an ethical reason you might think you feel better and oh this is cleaner and all of the other stuff you see like a bag of shit though but if you're yeah. deficient in x y and z and then you become ill or whatever the, the scenario yeah. is is that the best diet or the best yeah. way of life maybe not so and what i would uh, say is if you are thinking preference. about
2: going that way is make sure you do your research and Okay. Yeah, make Get sure you so make healthy choices
1: eating. and make sure
0: you do a lot of research on the proteins that you're ingesting. And yeah. the
2: supplements that you do need. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um every every diet that you're doing, so like if you're doing a quick like if you're doing a diet for January, the diet needs to be promoting a healthy life. It's got to be. You can't be detrimental to your health. Yeah. Because then that's just a challenge. It's not a diet. It's not you're not looking at promoting healthy lifestyle and sustainable lifestyles. Um which I, th- I feel like all these quick fire diets are, they're just looking for reducing stuff that you intake, and that's yeah. it. And that's why a lot of them work for the short period of time that they do. But what that leaves you with in, in like a mental state is a negative feeling towards
1: food, and you and you then go into cravings. Yeah, that because, that's a massive one with like women who do weight watchers and stuff, isn't it? So yeah, it's like. It's Right, if you haven't lost any weight on the scale this week, you've made no progress. And then you go, right, I need to get sharper on the Weight Watchers and me sins and all yeah. this type of stuff. So it's like, that is, that, that's an unbelievable business because everybody keeps coming back. Oh, let's pay to get on the a, on a scales and this woman's going to validate whether I've made progress or not. And right, if you haven't lost a pound of scale weight this week... Yeah. Oh, you haven't made progress that's what that's based around so it's like a, a low fat diet because fat is the highest or the, the most calorie dense macronutrient yeah. so it's based home. on low fat it's based on sins so you're doing something bad the food yeah. yeah so it and then like it's a it's a women-based culture thing isn't it weight watchers where like you they- will get on the scale and it's oh, i haven't i haven't lost any weight this week yeah. so i haven't made progress that scale weight when you step on can be massively variant, the, yeah. dependent on a lot of different Stretching factors. Everything. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's culture and as you say, the the, the emotional side of eating is huge. Yeah. I think Weight Watchers, from that perspective, is terrible because it demonizes foods and basically tells you whether you you've made progress or not just on one metric, which is going to be scale yeah. weight. Yeah. Which for me is the the worst way you can do it. But yeah, which yeah, I, I, it
0: comes down to what you can stick yeah.
2: to. Again. I like the I idea totally of being you know the togetherness the community of it cuz well, that's support, it. Yeah. that's
0: the good thing about it isn't it it's like the the idea behind it for the scale weight is a negative massively because as as you've just touched on it's possibly the worst way of regulating whether you are making progress or not yeah. but as you just said Nathan the the community is what people might be drawn to as well like the recognition for actually doing good but team that with the sins and the focus on mm. the on the wrong well we know
2: don't we to if we want to lose weight or lose body fat we need to be in a deficit yeah. and the way it doesn't work or the way that people stall eventually because the majority of people on weight watchers are quite big people aren't they so they yeah. drop a lot of weight yeah <clears throat> because obviously they're eating better food and they're, they're in a deficit they don't they might not think they are but they are yeah now the way the way it doesn't work eventually is because they say like it potatoes They're not, you can't have any of that. You can have as many potatoes as you want because they're they're sim free. So you're telling me I can eat as many potatoes as I want, as many calories of potatoes as I want, and that's fine, but I'm not going to gain any weight. Well, uh, it doesn't work like
1: that. If you're in a surplus through potatoes, you're not going to lose scale weight. That's where it's a great business because you keep coming back, you keep trying to validate whether you've lost weight. If you haven't that week, you're going to be paying for your your step on your scales the week later. Now, if you've just that. Four thousand calories worth of potatoes a day, and you need two thousand. to drop free, though, isn't it? That's no it. I mean, but yeah, but then you're not going to lose weight. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a, That's where it's a great business because you keep coming back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that style of dieting for me is probably dying out a little bit. But Definitely that as a business is gonna, is gonna stick around forever it because it's very specific to um, a, a target yeah. audience, which is usually like women who are around forty to fifty. I'd say. Yeah. And they'll have tried everything. Yeah, you start losing scale weight, but then what you find with people like that, they end up putting it back on twice over. By the time they go back to their normal, so So then as soon as you're back at your normal, I need Weight Watchers again. Yeah, I've
0: done a a little bit of um, research on the on the most popular diets at the minute, Um, just through like just random websites like Forbes and stuff like that. Um, And Weight Watchers was quite a big one to be fair. It was, I think, it was number three on one of them. Yeah, it's huge and they are making changes into their routine and the way that they perceive uh, sins and stuff like that they are realizing yeah. that it's not as simple as just that yeah. but they they can never get away from that because that is the premise of their business yeah it's sins it's a sin based um program um but they are actually trying to make progress into making it more healthy and yeah. more sustainable and, and that's which is their, good, that, that's
1: but, their framework to yeah. to control yeah what what you need in versus out, isn't it? So yeah. they create sins so you don't eat too much of it so you don't go into a surplus. Yeah.
0: The sin in the But
1: as as Nathan's saying, if you eat four thousand calories worth of potatoes yeah. a day because they're free, yeah. Um you know what I mean? You're still gonna you're still gonna gain weight. So it's well, it comes it, down it? to what you can stick to for the long term, doesn't it? It's moderation and what
0: they're doing is they're they're trying to moderate the high calorie intake yeah. foods and like wines and beers and stuff like that—they're yeah. gone. Really, they're dead sinful because yeah. they're high in calories. Yeah, the
1: calorie content
0: too big. That, yeah, yeah, doesn't mean that the ones with zero sins have got no calories in yeah. them. Yeah, that's where I think the perception's a little bit wrong. Yeah, people think oh, because it's no cal, no sins, it's no calories, so I can have as many. And that's yeah. the premise of the business. But I think once they go to, once they realize that that's not the way. Forward, and they try and implement that as a business. They haven't got a business there no more, really. I yeah. think they? so. Yeah. They're gonna always have that stage of it, but it might just be watered down a little bit and a little bit more information on your zero sins, right? You've still got to limit them. You can't have as many as you want. I think that's where it needs yeah, it's, to go. It's
1: education, isn't it? You've yeah. got, you got to educate. Yeah, you've got to educate people properly to to make sure that they have yeah. the tools they need again to to live for the the long term sustainable stuff as we've touched on. Yeah, so they're like your quite
0: common, f- like fad diets, like your, your quick, your one month diets and stuff like that that people s- tend to go to for January, don't they? Um, but just want to touch on overall diets, so like diets that we can we can implement daily for 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 really, instead of going down the route of just trying to lose fat quickly like what people are probably trying to do let's inform people on a healthier diet and what our recommendations are
1: well yeah i think that this is a bit of a controversial one but the, the the quick fire simple answer is just the one that you can stick to yeah so like whatever diet you're implementing or whatever nutritional strategy or eating style the best one for you is going to be what you can stick to and it's got to be interchangeable so like if you are like a goal driven person and you're looking to deadlift two times your body weight or you're looking to drop 10 kilos of fat yeah you've got to understand where your goal posts are so like if that is your goal right this year i want to lose 10 kilos of fat and you want to hit this magic number on a scale that's great because you've got the goal but the diet you stick to what gets you there is the best one so as we've touched on loads of different stuff like juice detoxes weight watchers intermittent fasting water fasting calorie tracking portion control Whatever, whatever framework you use, if you can stick to it long term, that's the best. That's the best route. There's no like one answer for anybody because everybody listening or watching is gonna have different lifestyles. They're gonna yeah. do shifts. Some people might sit at a desk all day. They might be coaches where you stood on your feet all day. You could sit at a laptop all day. The diet you can stick to is is the best one, and then it's got to match what your goals are, and hopefully support health in the background in terms of like you feel good you're hitting all your vitamins and minerals you've got a complete profile of your amino acids these are things that your body needs uh, to function well Uh, so yeah my my input on on that would be that the, the nutritional strategy you need to implement this year is the one that you can stick to forever if you can't see yourself still following a specific style of eating in a year's time it's probably not the best thing to do uh, throughout January because it's probably too extreme to stick to so that will be my answer yeah it's it's hard because it's almost like if, if
0: you can't stick to it then obviously it's not healthy for you either yeah because if you're if you're doing a, a diet like some people go oh yeah I can do that for a month but if you couldn't do it after that then is it healthy for you are you actually getting everything you need because anyone can you can you can just go and eat as you said just eat potatoes I could just go and eat potatoes for a month. I'll live, but would I be healthy? No. Some free auntie, be smart. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It's it's trying to get it so that it's sustainable, yeah. and healthy for you. And then the only way that you can do that is by going right. Okay, can I do this for the rest of my life? If I, if you can, it it's sustainable. That's the one. It's that's the one for you. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of, a lot of um focus around the Mediterranean diet as a staple diet to stick to Um, now I know there's different ways of perceiving the Mediterranean diet you can go too strict, you can go too lax, you can pick the wrong things in it but as a whole I find that that diet, if if you're knowledgeable and you make smart choices in that diet I think that's what for me personally the most sustainable that you can make and the one that'll give you the most health benefits. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think you're on the same sort of wavelength from
2: that. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on it, but the um. the Greeks have the highest life expectancy in the world, I believe, or one of. Right. Okay. It's definitely up there. Yeah. Which would suggest that the healthier. Exactly. Yeah. So then it's, I think the the reason it works is if we actually look at the the makeup of um. Mediterranean diet is it includes a bit of everything. It limits obviously the shite. <clears throat> um, promotes the uptake of fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, olive oil, and then you in small small bits of red meat, bits of chicken, eggs, milk, yoghurts, yeah. even a bit of red wine in, in moderation. Like yeah. so you've got a bit of yeah. everything in there. And I think that's why in terms of a diet, it's the most complete. And I think if you look at the all the research around it, it's um It's massively positive and yeah you you can't cheat what your body needs
1: so like the basic premise of life is your body needs energy to function so you can start going into bmr basal metabolic rate and all the rest of it but your body runs on a currency of energy and that energy comes in through nutrition doesn't it or food choices um as i say you can tweak that whatever way you want you can just look at right i'm going to try and live as long as i can you can look at I want to fuel performance you can look at I want to drop body fat but I think the premise of where we're going with it is whatever the most complete uh, nutritional method you can stick to Yeah, that's the best thing for you to do so like you could use intermittent fasting you could use calorie tracking this year coming into the new year to to hit a specific goal or to improve health, both of them usually work exclusively. So, like as, as we touched on with the fast and specific, like all the mark has come down, your scale weight comes down. But it's only if you can stick to it, yeah. and that it's a common theme that we've touched on throughout this. But it's only if you can stick to it for the long term where you're gonna actually see sustainable results or, yeah, or uh, gains from it. So yeah, it's a, it's a big one. Yeah, well
0: that pretty much sums up the podcast for tonight Um, basically do something that you can stick to, don't make it too complicated don't make it too extravagant, don't go to the extremes, just do the simple things first as I said, track your calories get into a calorie deficit and just get something that you can stick to, as I said it doesn't matter what the method is doesn't matter what the tool is that you'll use. Just, just stick to it, and that, that will bring down your body composition uh, back to a, a stage that you want it to be at. And then also you'll feel better, and you can sustain that. And you'll whatever you, if you are looking for a scale weight to come off, whatever you take off is staying off. Then yeah, it's not gonna pile back on. Yeah. You're not doing it just for the kicks. Yeah. you're not doing it for the fight. If you are, obviously that's a different, yeah, different thing to, to talk well. to. But if you're just doing it as a health point of view and you just go, right, I mm-hmm. want to lose a little bit of weight, then let's do it. But let's do it right and let's do it sustainably so that it stays off, so that you look like you want to look all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, th- this time of year now, most people on the planet are going to feel a little bit sluggish Yeah. moving into this first week of January, aren't they? And it's, if you create too many rules, you're not going to stick to them. No so that the, might my, me my, one quick piece of advice would be set up a nutritional strategy what you feel as though you could still be following in a year's time that's the first thing don't create too many rules and then if it's extreme you're probably not going to stick to it so your actual long-term progress isn't going to go the way you want so if you are one of them people who's going to say right i'm not eating bread i'm not eating sugar i'm not eating sweets you're going to create too many rules and overwhelm for yourself. So yeah. as we touched on, the best diet you can follow or the best strategy you can follow is the one you can stick to and repeat. If anything you're about to implement over these next few weeks, you can't see yourself doing by the summer or beyond, it's probably not best to do it. It's probably yeah. best to set something up or reach out and seek advice from a coach or a nutritionist or whatever to make sure that what you're doing actually benefits you for the long term, yeah. which, is, which
0: is the key. But yeah, um we can obviously go into a lot of detail and a lot more things on this podcast but if you do have any other questions on this on these topics just drop them below or drop them into our, one of our dms um we'll be more than happy to to reach out to you uh, or even revisit on a on a future podcast but yeah um thanks for watching for today i uh, hope you've learned a little bit of information and we can help people make smarter choices coming into the new year. Yeah, enjoy.